0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I've got somebody who's got an interesting tech platform that he built out. Uh, his name's Paul Wakeham. I think I got that right. And um, he uh, built out something for dispositions. So it's called Town Square. It's a uh, platform where you can actually post your off-market properties. You can actually like link up with other buyers. Uh, you can you can. Send uh, deals out on a JV to your buyers list. All kinds of stuff. Really, really cool platform. I enjoyed talking with him. He's got a, a pretty cool backstory. And we got into some of the mindset stuff of how he had to like shut down a business to get this one started again and how you can really like throw in the towel or quit on something to go chase a bigger dream or the next pivot that you have to make. Because a lot of people right now having to pivot from uh, one strategy to another and they're struggling doing it. So we talked about that and we talked about his platform. Uh, really great stuff. So, uh, And he's got a 30-day free trial on there at the end. If you guys want to uh, stay till the end, you can listen uh, for that and figure out how to get set up. So uh, here we go. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called seven figure flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet, but we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are 7-Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, I hope you're having an awesome day. I am back with another amazing show for you guys. We've got... uh an interesting product developer on the show today so um, really cool stuff i've uh i've heard of uh, apps like this programs like this in the past and i've actually even jumped on some of these platforms Um, but when mike simmons introduces you to somebody you just say yes so an amazing friend of mine uh introduced me to my guest today and we talked a little bit pre-show i'm really excited about sharing some of the things he's been working on um, because i'm sure you know if you have never developed uh software programming things like that it's extremely expensive you actually don't make a lot of money and uh you really are doing it to serve people and uh and hoping hoping that one day you'll make some money down the road uh believe me i've been there i've done it and it's it's uh certainly not um not something for the uh for the weak at heart so on today's show, I've got a gentleman named Paul Wakeham. And uh, although we just met, I'm really excited to talk to him today because I actually have some questions for him, just like you. Just like every show that I do where I interview somebody, I'm asking from my perspective and your perspective to hopefully get the answers that we need to go a step further um, after the show. So, Paul, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you, man.
1: Yeah, thanks, Bill. I'm really happy to be here as well. It's been a long time coming. I've listened to your show uh, back in like the 2019 time frame. I was listening and uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, Mike highly recommends you obviously and said, you got to be on Bill's show. You got to go talk to Bill. So I'm excited to talk to you about all things real estate investing and the uh, the company that I've built or, or am trying to build Town Square.
0: Awesome. Well, just the fact that you listened to the show before, your stock just went way up from, um, from what we talked about before the show. So now I'm even more excited to talk to you.
1: Nice, nice. Um,
0: yeah, no, no ego here. Um, <laughs> hey, okay, Paul, tell everybody who, uh, who you are, and uh, like a little uh, background about you that might help. Set the stage. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah, definitely. So I am originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, grew up born and raised there. I went to the University of Pittsburgh. I have a degree in economics and I'm like three credits shy from a degree in biology as well, but I couldn't handle organic chemistry. So I threw that aside. <laughs> um, I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh with my girlfriend at the time. Now my wife, we created what is now one of the largest real estate photography companies on the East Coast. Uh, my wife now runs that company. It's based in Pittsburgh. Whenever we started that company, I was the only photographer. Uh, I did all of the photos. I spent my time driving around, listening to podcasts, meeting with real estate investors to take photos of their properties, meeting with real estate agents to take photos of their properties, and really started to get immersed in the world of real estate uh, as a photographer and building that business. And It was kind of crazy to be talking to these high level real estate professionals while also trying to build a service based business uh, in the photography business at the same time. So really became interested in real estate by talking to those professionals. I then had this like aha moment in 2017, 2018 timeframe that was oh, there's no real estate without a seller. Like, Real estate doesn't exist unless there's a seller who wants to sell their property. Like, duh. But at the same time, I realized how much data there was on the MLS and how much data there was on platforms like ListSource and the other platforms that we all know about to scrape and pull down data. So if there's no real estate without uh, a seller and there's all this data available and I knew of this thing called machine learning and I knew of these things called algorithms and I knew that I could teach myself how to code. so. I taught myself how to code, built a very, very, very rudimentary algorithm to predict who was going to sell their house next so that I could use that as an agent because I got my license around the same time and for my own real estate investments around the same time as well. So I built that. It worked out really well. It led me to two really, really interesting deals. One in particular took me a year and a half to two years to buy. I bought it for a dollar and turned around and sold it to my landlord at the time for eighty six thousand dollars. Um, super excited about that one. It kind of really set me on the path to realizing what real estate investing could do for me. Um, <clears throat> and then in 2019, I met my co-founder and Town Square's CTO, Mitch. Um, I told Mitch what I was doing, and he's like, "Dude, you don't have an algorithm. That's not an algorithm. This is an algorithm." And he showed me some of the stuff that he was working on in his professional career. Um, and he said. I'm thinking about quitting my job. Why don't I come work with you? Let's really build an algorithm to predict who's going to sell their house. So fast forward to right before the pandemic hit, we built a better algorithm. uh, And in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania market, Allegheny County, uh, we were able to predict with 95% accuracy who was going to sell their house next. And we were super excited about it. But then the pandemic hit and all of the data got screwed up. So we threw in the towel on the algorithm and the prediction side of the business and created a retail seller and retail agent marketplace where retail sellers could connect with retail agents. I loved the business model over there. It was super cool. We were having agents compete uh, in eBay style auctions to list a retail seller's house. It worked out kind of well, not well enough that we could pay back our investors. Uh, So we threw in the towel on that about a year ago, just shy of a year ago, 11 months ago, and created what Town Square is today, which is a dispositions platform, really a marketplace for off-market properties with tools built on top specifically for wholesalers, real estate investors, anybody who touches off-market properties to improve their businesses.
0: All right. I just, I heard a number in there, 95% accuracy, uh, then yep. the pandemic hits. So uh, I want to ask you about that because, I mean, I can only assume that you've got 95% accuracy. You're about to clean up in the marketplace, right? You can just like, I'm, I'm. we know who's going to sell their house. We know. That was the, the plan. What's that? <laughs> yeah. So that was the plan. <laughs> yeah. Tons of money on the back end of that. Right. Yep. And uh, I talk about this a lot. It's like, everybody tries to like predict the like where we're going whether it's stock market whether it's real estate market and they ask me all the time oh you're in real estate what's going on with the real estate market where are we going to be in two or three years and i i say a lot like if you look back there's all these things that happen that you can't predict if you're an economist like you can't come up with this stuff you can't come up with this uh pandemic you can't come up with september 11th you can't come yep. up with all these different things that have happened over time. So you're gonna create a perfect model and then one day it's just gonna explode because something's gonna happen. So it's COVID. just like kind of <laughs> just like look, yeah, COVID, just look like what's right in front of you and where you, where you wanna be and just start taking action and take steps towards it. So like, how did you come out of that and just say, all right, next, like yeah. what is the mindset that has to be there to do something like that? Cause I feel, feel like people get punched in the face a lot and they just quit. Or they get down on themselves or they 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 keep going and keep pushing even though they need to give something up. What does that look like
1: yeah so uh, nobody's ever asked me that question before, so I really appreciate you asking because I think that it's one of the most important pieces of the entrepreneur's journey is how do you stand back up after something like COVID hits? I mean, at the same time that the algorithm was no longer working, the state of Pennsylvania shut down all of real estate. So my real estate photography company was closed for four and a half months. Um, so how did we do it? We we looked at the expertise that we had. We looked at the money that we had in the bank and said, thank God we have real Really great support structures in our families. So why not take a risk? Let's keep taking the risk of creating something brand new. Uh, I think that I'm very, very fortunate to have such great family, friends, and fantastic support structures that allow me to take risks. Um, And without that, I don't know if I'd be able to take such gut-wrenching risks of having made no money, having no money coming in and still saying, I'm not going to go work at McDonald's or I'm not going to go back to being a real estate agent or go work for one of my friends. Um, So yeah, that's how we did it is Mitch and I both uh, are eternally curious to see what will happen next If we keep trying uh, and we have great, great support structures in our family and friends and in our wives that uh, allow us to take those risks. I think that's the main thing. If I'm honest, it's it's not some at least for me, it's not some like innate, deep thing that's in my soul that I'm like, I can take risks. I think that it has so much to do with the people around me that allow me to take those risks.
0: So I hear like uh, support, money, those kind of things, like all the the stuff that allows us to say yes. But like, what drives you to keep going? It, like, you've pivoted multiple times here, and and I think that's the challenge that we have in our business for for everybody that's listening. Is like, I just don't kind of know when to throw in the towel. You kind of like nonchalantly said that and be able to pivot. But like, what what? The two of you, I guess, working together, like what allows you guys to to say yes and do that other than the support? I mean, you have support, but is there some driving force that you're like you you, you want to win because of something and you're just like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep jumping over this hoop.
1: Yeah, I think that we just we know that we have the expertise and the smarts and the technical know how to be successful. And I've built my photography business just by continuously trying and trying and trying no matter what. so I think that it's literally just the, the knowledge that we can do it if we just keep trying. And okay, one pivot to the next pivot, we know that we can do it if we just keep going. Um, so yeah, I guess that is something built into Mitch and myself that is if we just keep trying our hardest, eventually something is going to break under the weight of our effort.
0: You know what, you know what I wonder is if, if you didn't have a successful photography business, if you would be able to do this again and again because a lot of times um, what we do is we transfer success to something else and say we well, are capable we've done it before we'll do it again um, and so more of a st- statement right now but I listen to a lot of people and they they don't know how to transfer success that they've had in their life before they start their business so a lot of people come to me never started a business before they're w-2 employees they've been collecting paychecks and they're jumping out on their own and they just like dip their toe in and just do a little bit and then they're like I can't make it like they got plan B C and D already lined out but their plan in case their plan a doesn't go right and they don't go all in and um, and change their identity make these shifts these kind of things and so um, it makes me wonder if you if you had this successful photography business and then it has allowed you to say I've done it before I can do it again where a lot of people don't transfer that from and I I tell them a lot like Think about the times that you've won in the past. It might be sports. It might be growing up as a kid. It might be um, high school, college. Um, the I don't know, the girl that you married or the, the guy that you got or whatever it is, like what, yeah. whatever that structure is, and then transfer that to this thing that you're doing. Um, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that that's totally right, that if I didn't have the previous experiences of building successful companies, um, albeit small companies, whenever all of my friends in the end of middle school and all throughout high school, I know we're going back pretty far here, but whenever all of my friends were going out and working at a, you know, a Sonic drive through or going out and working at Dick's Sporting Goods, I and my brother and a couple of my friends were driving around putting flyers in people's mailboxes to create a landscaping business that was making me tens of thousands of dollars every single summer. Uh, and I think that that in a way led me to, okay, I can make a successful photography business because I know that if I just keep calling real estate agents, then things are going to work out. So yeah, something about my previous experiences has led me to know that whenever the next thing comes up, if I just keep going. Things will work out. And, you know, all of this has led to where we are today with Town Square. And I don't want to jump in too quick to it, but I am I am grateful for the last three years of banging our head against the wall, working our way through COVID and saying we can do it. We can do it because things are starting to work. You know, the the industry, I guess, the user's uh, intent is cracking under the weight of our continuous effort in never really stopping.
0: Hmm. So a lot of times, like, uh, our success is birthed out of our pain, like the trials and tribulations that we go through and all this stuff, and just... Um, a lot of times we look back and we look at like the biggest failure that we've ever had has been created the biggest joy and the biggest success story in our life so I, I bet if everybody that's listening goes back to that all the things that they do now and all the things that they know they look back there's a lot of pain and it's just riddled with like really dark times on the front end of that and on the back end you don't know why you're going in that direction or why you're being kind of pushed there or tapped on the shoulder or called to go over there but um, it's, it's all really good on the other side of that nobody wants to hear it when they're going through it but on the back end of it you can look back and say wow you know and the only variable there is time. Like yeah. sometimes it takes more time, sometimes it's less, less. But time heals all wounds and really creates like amazing success stories out of, out of pain. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Town Square. What, yeah. uh, um, tell me about it.
1: Yeah, so real quick, I, I do want to comment on what you just said sure. about pain because that definitely does and has had a humongous impact on the journey for the last three and a half years of getting to where we are today with Town Square whenever we were building the retail platform for retail sellers to connect with retail agents, I raised $155,000 from friends, family, business contacts, people that I've partnered with in the past that trust me to say, you can build this platform and it's going to make enough money that I'm going to get at least a (laughs) 1.2x, a 20% return on my money in five years. And the pain of like seeing that that retail real estate platform wasn't working definitely pushed Mitch and I over the hump to say okay we have to keep going because it's like it's painful to call my previous business partner that I had done really great projects with and say hey man This isn't working, but we're going to try this brand new thing that we think is going to work. Uh, That's that's a difficult conversation that definitely has driven me over the last year to pivot really hard and create Town Square as it is today. So, yeah, I 100 percent agree that a lot of it is born from pain and (laughs) the terrifying idea of calling your parents and saying that you lost their money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some people might not care that they lose their parents money. Some people do. No. yeah it's yeah. If you think my friend uh, my friend Terry Berger always said like he treats his money like his grandmother's money. He's like, yeah. uh, nobody knows how you treat your money. How are you gonna treat your grandmother's money? And so yeah. and that's it. I'll tell you, um, uh, stress and pressure um, from the outside is is really powerful and really important. Um, we put a lot on ourselves, but especially when you add that layer of complexity in, it becomes more challenging and and it also drives you. It drives most people. It drives good people, right? Yeah the good people well to to do more because um, yeah. I know plenty of people that have Done the wrong thing for money for sure and just <laughs> not, not really
1: cared about it um, yeah.
0: okay let's talk about town square tell me about it
1: yeah so we we looked at that retail real estate marketplace that we had created again <clears throat> retail sellers were coming to the platform agents were submitting offers to them saying here's how much I'll list your house for here's what my Commission will be here are all the details of our potential engagement um, that wasn't working all that well so then we started working with um wholesalers real estate investors a long time ago back whenever we had our predictive algorithm we were using that to do jv deals we were predicting who was going to sell calling the seller saying hey i or one of my partners might be interested in your property do you want to work with us and then we'd go to one of our jv partners and say hey i have this hot lead one two three main street let's jv on it if you convert them to sell um So we thought, okay, we have this marketplace, how can we mesh the old, old world with this new idea of going into real estate investing and supporting real estate investors um, with the marketplace? So we morphed the retail model into what it is today for real estate investors in the way that we have the marketplace as it was a year and a half, two years ago. And we're just building tools on top of that marketplace for anybody who touches off market properties to perform their real estate investing activities more efficiently. So I think about a real estate investor's business as having three parts, a wholesaler's business, uh, if you will, as having three parts. You have the marketing where you send out you know, mail or digital ads to uh, sellers. You pull down a list from list source. There are companies that are made specifically for real estate investors in that piece of the business. Then you have a CRM, whether it be Left Main or Podio or Investor Fuse or one of those, as the second piece to organize and take down those leads. But then there's no platform specifically built for real estate investors that has the best intentions in mind for real estate investors to support their businesses on the disposition side. So, Town Square and the marketplace with all those tools, uh, as I mentioned, is a dispositions platform meant to support real estate investors in their businesses, wholesalers in their businesses, so they can sell and partner on properties faster than ever before.
0: Okay, so can I, Everybody listening to this is probably like, okay, what is it? What does it do? Is it like an MLS
1: for off-market deals? Kind of. So I think about the MLS because it's where I got my idea for predicting who was going to sell. I think about the MLS as this rudimentary system where they capture all of the data on the properties, but there's not the right technology built on top of the MLS to support the people that are putting properties on the MLS, the real estate agents. You have to go to a third-party software to... Enhance the activities of posting properties, listing properties on the MLS. So in a way, Town Square is like an off market MLS. Real estate investors, landlords, wholesalers can, as the first thing they do, post their properties on Town Square, on our marketplace. But then there are four other things that cascade off of that, tools that cascade off of that simple posting to the off-market MLS that support your business and allow you to maximize the revenue, maximize the profit that you make on each property. What are those? So the first one, we call it post-sharing. So with post-sharing, actually, let me start with another one. The first one we call buyer relationship management, so uh, like a, a BRM, if you will. You can post your property to the town square marketplace, that's number one. Number two, you can upload your buyers list to town square, and then you can send your deals directly to your buyers, just like you would on MailChimp or Constant Contact or anything else, directly to your buyers. Your buyers then can come back and they can submit an offer to you, and that'll be organized on the back end of your town square. Uh, account so that you can see all the people that have submitted offers to you your buyers don't have to have an account to do that. So we're not trying to get your buyers to sign up and pay for a membership. Your buyers can submit an offer as a guest directly to you. They can also sign up for a free account and with a free account, they can um, chat with you directly on the platform, exchange documents directly with you on the platform and sign documents with you on the platform. So post to the marketplace is number one. Number two is the buyer relationship management, document signing, all of that stuff that I just mentioned. The second all right. tool. Yeah,
0: before you move on to the second one, I'm going to hit you with a question that maybe, yes, maybe everybody else. So I've spent, um, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars building my buyers list. So uploading it to your system freaks me out a little bit. And I bet a lot of people listening, they get freaked out, too. So yeah. tell me about what you say to people when they're like, I'm not giving you all the emails and phone numbers that I have in my buyers list.
1: Yeah, all the data is yours. None of it is ours, and nobody has access to it except for you. The next feature that I was going to talk about is essentially the sharing of buyers. Um, One of our core tenets of Town Square is complete transparency, and another one is complete control. If you upload something to Town Square, it is yours, and you maintain complete control over any assets that you upload. Nobody else has access to it unless you give them the permission to do so
0: okay so let's talk about number
1: two yep so number two is what we call post sharing or buyers list sharing if i have a deal in nashville and i bring it to you bill i can say to you on town square hey here's one two three main street i would like to share it with your buyers i don't immediately have access to your buyers you have to vet me vet my deal vet my contracts and determine if i am and if my deal is worthy enough to send to your buyers as if it's your own and then if you permit me to do so you can send my deal to your buyers as if it's your own and then if one of your buyers comes back we can jv so the key there is that you have just monetized your buyers list by doing the third thing that is hosting your buyers list on town square in other words i take the acquisition of the property off the table for you. And you just worry about dispositions and you leverage our network of real estate investors to grow the number of investors that trust you and want to work with you to monetize your buyers list. So we call that post sharing and buyers list hosting as number two and three. Okay. What's number four? Yeah. Number four, we call it building buy boxes. So you can, if you're a buyer looking to purchase properties, or if you're looking to partner with more people to initiate JVs, you can build a buy box for your purchase criteria or the purchase criteria of your own buyers. And then as soon as a property is posted, you'll be notified that, hey, a property that matches buy box, you know, single family, three bed, two bath has just been posted to town square. The other really cool thing about your buy box is you can set it up so that if you're looking to JV with people that only have three bed, two bath built after 1975 in the Nashville market, you can automatically submit what we call an auto proposal to those people the second that they post the property that says, hey, I'm Bill, this meets my purchase criteria or it meets my buyer's purchase criteria, I'd like to make you an offer or work with you on this property so that you're in front of that seller the instant that their property's posted.
0: Interesting. That sounds cool. So, all this stuff is so buyer relationship management, post sharing, sharing the buyer's list and the buy box creation on top of kind of posting the deals. So, um, when I got started um, in this business, like really wholesaling at volume, it was like seven years ago, somewhere uh-huh. around there. And what I noticed around that time was, I didn't think so at the time, but it was pretty easy to get deals and it was harder to move deals. So this was, uh, I was in Pensacola, Florida, 350,000 people, not a huge market. Um, not anybody was really doing this at scale. There were people that were doing it smaller, like a couple deals a month. They were making quite a bit of money. Uh, but I remember they were sending like a thousand postcards a month. So I was like, well, what if I send like 10,000 a month? And just, <laughs> I joined this mastermind, started growing my business and we started becoming one of the bigger players in that area. Uh, we got to the point where we're doing somewhere around like 40% of the cash transactions in that city. Nice. And, but what I remember the struggle was, is, is I couldn't move the properties and my, my fees were low, right? So I was looking for things like this, and there were a couple of pieces of software and and areas that came on. I won't mention all the names of the companies, but I, it are all great ideas. So I was like, this off-market. MLS type thing it sounds genius. We even had one inside Seven Figure Flipping. We launched something oh, I was like six or it's probably six years ago, um, where it was like this automatic buyers list is what it was called. And I'm not uh, I'm not uh, too proud to say that it like totally crashed and burned. So, sure. like you 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 need users to be on the platform and using the platform, right? And yeah. um, and I've seen a lot of these where the 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 challenge and struggle has been to get people to use the platform. And I think over the last probably three years, the businesses has shifted to, it's been very challenging to get deals, but it's been very easy to move them. And so where I think you have a great opportunity here is uh, with this recession that we're dropping into, ri- rising interest rates, high inflation, everything that we're kind of sitting in, is people now are saying, um, we're still in a window of sellers haven't really realized the fact that their housing might be less than what yep. it was. Um, but the, the disposition side of things is, is where the, a lot of the focus is going to have to go. And yep. we've been talking about this for a long time. Like We talked about pivoting in the beginning of the show. We're going to have to pivot into focusing on customer service, taking care of people, maybe JVing, uh, opening up for that, and, and figuring out how to move these properties to continue to make money. So um, what is, what is like the, the thing that you would say to the people who are like, been there, done that, I've tried this before, um, uh, nobody has cracked the code on this, there's not an off-market MLS, um, why do you think you can do it?
1: Yeah, I think that we can do it because we're building it as a network. We're we're building it as a marketplace, an off-market MLS, but our intention is to build a network where I can bring a deal to somebody like yourself that has relationships with buyers rather than just there's a bunch of buyers sitting on the platform that I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that somebody opens my email. Rather. It's a network where I can come to you and say, Bill is the authority in Nashville. I can see that Bill is the authority in Nashville. I know that he has great relationships with his buyers in Nashville. So I'm going to go to him and leverage the trust, essentially, that you have built with your buyers to get my deal in front of the right person and essentially leverage the good relationship that you've built with your buyers rather than just hoping that your buyers are looking at the platform. Um, We're kind of going a step deeper than just saying, let's hope there's buyers on the platform to now saying, let's hope there's Bill on the platform that has relationships with buyers and I'm going to leverage his outside offline relationship with those buyers to get the best price for my property. That's really what we're trying to build is Off market MLS is the easy way of describing it from a 30,000 foot level. But when it really comes down to it, it's connecting and networking with other investors to make sure that you can leverage the success that they've had in their business. And those investors that have success in their business can monetize that success. Do you
0: have any like big success stories that you can share? Maybe not like names and addresses and stuff like that, but what's happening on the platform right now that people yeah. that are listening are like, I want to be a part of that?
1: Yeah, sure. So we have one user, I, I won't mention any names, we have one user who is receiving, uh, I believe as of today, he has received 105 properties from other users on the platform that are saying, hey... You know, John Smith. I can see that you do a lot of business in a bunch of markets around the U.S. I want to work with you. I want a JV with you. I'm going to bring you this deal. So this single user has received 105 properties from other users on the on the platform, trying to leverage his relationships with his buyers around the country. Um, at the same time, we've had other people that have come on the platform, posted a property and then JV'd with another user who has a relationship with institutional hedge fund buyers that are seemingly difficult to build. I've tried to build them. They're not the easiest thing to maintain. That is the relationship with the acquisitions manager. We've had users come on and JV with somebody who does have a relationship built with those institutional buyers, and they have immediate access to those institutional buyers through Town Square. One of the examples there is a guy that brought a property to town square. He wanted to sell it for a $10,000 wholesale fee and he ended up JVing with somebody and the total fee was $40,000 as a result of that connection that was made. So those are the big ones that I like to point to is that guy, he has 105 people that are bringing him deals that he didn't have to spend a dollar to market to. The other guy, he maintained a relationship with his institutional buyers and made $20,000 just for maintaining that relationship. And the other small guy, made (laughs) four times what he would have made if he would have just done a JV with somebody random in his market and marked it up $10,000.
0: Yeah, I remember doing a deal with a guy in Pensacola, a good friend of mine. He had he had a deal. We had a really hungry, heavy hitter buyers list, and he was going to make like ten thousand, and we made like sixty-seven thousand. Yeah. So you have to have two pieces here. You have to have the like. It's great for the newer wholesalers, the, the newer people who don't have a big buyers list, and it's great for the people that have a big buyers list, spend a lot of money, and that reputation. You got to have both of those users to 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 make this uh, work really well. And I think you're. Um, if you can put it together, I think it's gonna be great. So yep. um, we kind of do this inside of our mastermind group. We have you know a couple hundred members, and there's always like, hey, I got a lead over here. Who's in that market? And they already know that they're great people. They can move the deal. They can do something with it, buy it themselves and flip it. And yep. uh, that's happening. Like these transactions are happening inside of our mastermind group on a regular basis. So you're basically creating that at scale, which is really exciting. Um, What, um, what do you need? Like, what, how can we help you? How can the audience help you? Obviously, it's probably jumping on the platform and, 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 and putting things in, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So at the very least, we would love for anybody to sign up for a free basic account. With a free basic membership, you can post properties all you want on the platform. You can't use all the features that I've just gone through with a basic membership, but at the very least, by posting a property on the platform, you get to see how many buy boxes that have been set up by other users your property satisfies. So if you're a professional member in Nashville, Bill, and I bring a deal as a basic member that I don't have to pay anything for that account, and you have a buy box set up on Town Square for your buyers list. You know that your buyers are interested in properties like my property. When I bring it to Town Square, I can see, okay, this satisfies one, two, 10, 20 buy boxes that have been set up. So at the very least, we'd love to have people post their properties and have them on the platform for other professional users to reach out and initiate a JV or initiate a purchase. Um, But then obviously the biggest ask is we'd love to have people sign up and use all the features that I mentioned. And we tried to eliminate all the barriers to entry. We recently changed our pricing to be flat fee, $149 per month. Uh, So there's minimal barrier to entry and you can essentially replace MailChimp or Constant Contact and DocuSign if you'd like uh, by using the platform just for your own deals, let alone the sharing and JVing features we talked about. Again, that's just $149 a month.
0: Nice. So it sounds like for those that are listening, there's a little bit of like transaction coordination that we used to have to do that uh, that reduces on that, like uh, contracts, getting those things signed, a little bit of dispositions work. Um, We have you know I had a team of like 15 16 people at one point multiple transaction coordinators uh, one dispositions person and kind of uh, a lot of that was systems and processes and, th- and stuff so how if they want to sign up where do they go
1: yeah, they can just go to townsquare.com, spelled without the vowels, T-W-N-S-Q-R.com. And then if you just scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a pricing section and you can sign up there. Uh, the professional membership is the only membership. It's 149 bucks a month, and uh, it includes a 30-day free trial if you want to give it a shot uh, and test out all the features, totally unlimited access for 30 days. Um, so you have a 30-day free trial
0: at the pro level? That's Right. Okay, I don't see why anybody wouldn't just go there and and, and try it out and see how it works. Um, yeah. I will say this is probably something where, um, it, it, as as it continues to grow, you're going to see more more users. The more uh, bigger players that get on there, the more uh, newer people that get on there. Just the the network as it grows, it gets better. So um, I would say for you guys, I, what I remember is I actually got a question about the exact. Uh, company, the exact system inside of our mastermind group, not not your company, but the company I was using five or six years ago, and I basically said i haven't heard anything from them since then i it didn't work before i, I wouldn't recommend you you jump on there, but um what I would say is just is is as you guys continue to grow and people continue to jump on the platform, um, I think it's really important. It's all a lot of user-generated content that happens from there. So we talk about that a lot on social media and things like that. And if you guys are in my mastermind group, you're at our events. Like uh, user-generated content is the best stuff that we have. It's so you guys like posting with your shirts and your sweatshirts and you're uh, at the event and you're making videos and doing my 500K challenge is basically user-generated content. You guys are out there. Talking about raising money, you raise a bunch of money and other people see that you're doing it, raising money, and they come buy my 500K challenge. So to let you behind the scenes a little bit is how it works. It's really important that um, you guys share the stuff in order to jump on the platform and work. You're going to have to grow it, too. So yeah. um, it's, a, it's a good partnership between the founders and the users here. And I think that's what fails in most is the, uh, the founders aren't connected to the users. The users aren't sharing the message. And that's what's really important in it, to grow a platform like this to the point that it works for everyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that we're working really hard is to not only get content from the users, but generally just stay in touch with them. Uh, if you're somebody that's already using Town Square, you probably know the name Kevin Hitlin. <laughs> that's my director of sales who incessantly follows up with all of our users to make sure that everybody's having the best experience possible and collecting as much feedback as we possibly can. Um, one thing that I didn't mention is that we're, we're treating this company like a pure tech startup. I am raising venture capital to support this business. I'm not trying to go crazy and maximize profits and put a bunch of money in my pocket right now. I'm trying to grow this to be as big as possible. And I feel the only way to do that is to really provide value to our customers. Um, So, yeah, I I hear you loud and clear, Bill. It's something that we're really heavily focused on is staying in touch with and ensuring that our customers have as much success on the platform as they possibly can. Mm.
0: All right. I hate venture capital. I hate uh, raising money like that. And any time I I hear the word tech company, it makes me think like um, all people are saying is I'm willing to lose money for like the next 10 years. Um, (laughs) The the reason why, I mean, honestly, if you have like some really great users, there's there's great ways to grow a company. without, like, bootstrap a company without um, VC money. And uh, you take VC money, they're gonna start controlling you and your business. One thing that I would say to you, as a small piece of advice, if I can give it to you, is if you have some raving fans out there, some people that absolutely love it, uh... why not make them the vc people and have uh... you know a a user driven company user-owned company as well so i've seen some great companies grow based on mission purpose and uh, and the people that they're behind that are behind them that are using and loving it uh... to be some of their um I mean, I'd rather give away shares of my company to people that are users than I would to somebody from the outside doesn't know who we are, what we are, and want to basically tell me what to do all the time. And eventually vote me off the board of directors while they take over my company. I'm no longer the CEO. So um, that's why I hate it. And I have a lot of friends that built really big companies, like to the tune of 100 million plus a year, so maybe billion dollar valuations. and and never took a dime of VC money. So wow. and every I was in a room recently. Um, I was in a room last week with a bunch of people. It was Grant Cardone. I was telling you about it before. And yeah. a bunch of other business owners. When he asked that room, "How many of you lost money last year?" Nobody raised their hand. Not a single person raised their hand. And he said, "That's why we're here. And that's why I'm not talking to Blackstones and VC firms and all this other stuff because you guys know how to build companies and make money." And uh, and doing it on the internet, doing it via digital marketing, doing it via um, a lot of this user-generated stuff that we're talking about—social uh, influence, things like that—really, um, really powerful. So, anyway, my little, my little two cents there at the end of the show, um, whether it's asked for or not, is no, no, I appreciate uh, it. I don't know. It's I, I just I, I like to make money, and I know that everybody out there likes to make money. So uh, don't be scared to, to make money because if you make money, the, the company's profitable. It works really well. Uh, you can grow it, and you can you can share the message. So VC firms, I don't know. Maybe maybe you makes you've met some good ones, but they pretty much just drive your company in the ground and then bolt it onto another company and sell it <laughs> so they can all make money. Roll it up and into a sale.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed we don't go down that path. But it's interesting that you bring that up about users investing and having user a user-owned company. We were recently approached by, uh, the name of the company was just in my mind, but I'm forgetting what it is now. Essentially, they set up an entity so that anybody, unaccredited or accredited investors, can invest in your company. So it's uh, it's something that we have thought about doing if we have a need for cash. Uh, that is having a user-owned company or user-driven company rather than us Going to a third-party prop tech VC, um, something that I'm thinking really hard about in the next six months as we consider going to raise our next round of money.
0: Cool. Uh, Vanguard is one of my favorite, um, like, member-owned companies. Although I'm not like big in the stock market anymore, yeah, or really yeah. uh, push people away from it. But the way they uh, set up and structure their company is really cool to read about and kind of understand that. So, um, Paul, where can they go again? Give the website one more time
1: twnsqr.com. com. Okay, cool. We'll put that in the show notes in the email.
0: And uh, thanks for coming on today. I, I had a good time. I hope uh, I hope it was good for you. And uh, uh, I'm excited to see if you guys are listening to the show and you jump in. Um, send, like, take a screenshot of this podcast, uh, post it out there, um, tag both of us, tag Town Square, tag me, um, and then tell me if you're using it. What is it? What is the user? Um, uh, Experience, like all that stuff, uh, give us some feedback here at Seven Figure Flipping, and uh, we'll give it and pass it over to Paul. So I'm awesome. sure, Love that. from what I can tell, they'll listen to you. So um, if you guys give us some feedback, my team will uh, send it over to them and and uh, and tell them what you guys are feeling and thinking. And you can drop it into our private Facebook group, the Seven Figure House Flipping Wholesaling Group, into our uh, Seven Figure Altitude Runway, our Top Gun program, or my Eight Figure Group. So, Paul, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate being on the show and all your time and advice. Honestly, I really mean it. I can't thank you enough for having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Had a good time. All right, everybody. I'll see you on the next show. Have a great day. See ya.